Welcome guys to the Apollo Radio Podcast. This is episode two. Today is not an interview. It is actually a talk about culture with a co-host that is going to be a regular co-host on the show. Um, we did the first episode and she wasn't free at that time, but she's here today, um, Ekans. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and uh, yeah, we'll just start off with that. Uh, sure, I'll keep it nice and brief because I can be a complex individual. Um, my name is Ekans. Um, I come from a long line of playing League of Legends. <laughs> I do not play a lot of FPS games, but that's okay. I still give it a shot here and there. Um, I love music. I love weed. <laughs> Uh, and that's basically all I really do. I work, I play, and let's go. <laughs> I let's go. And then on the side, you know, I I talk to Ryan about stuff, and here we go, and here we are. We're talking about stuff. <laughs> yeah, and I actually met Ekans probably um, when I started Ooh. one of my first gaming organizations, which was Don't Worry About It. That was actually the name. And that was back in 2011-2012, so it's like going on almost 10 years. It's pretty good. Yeah, man. Amazing. Those were those were really good times. Um, disregarding my personal things going on during that time, I'm just referring to DY times. Like, it was just another world. Not to mention Raid Call had just come out, so... You know, you, you took advantage of that and you were just like, hey, raid call, boom. And then DY started out of nowhere. And I saw it through Tumblr, which is how I met you. And that, I don't even know how I came across your blog. I just did. And <laughs> I remember you just posted like something about DY and I was interested. I was like, oh, people playing League? I'm looking for people to play League with. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's raid call? And then... I downloaded it and it kind of reminded me of a uh, TeamSpeak or something similar to like Ventrilo or Mumble. Yeah, it's basically like the newer version of that. Like, yeah, what and Discord is today for those honestly like those new people on- that don't know what those are. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I think Discord really just took things from Raid Call and said we're just gonna up the ante and make it better, and they did. <laughs> Yeah, when I think raid call, like I don't remember the program too much, but it definitely feels similar to Discord with like the DM system, and then I think it had servers and stuff like that. Yeah, Discord's do. done a crazy job, though. I, I really like Discord as a platform. So, Discord, I'm telling you, they really they they kicked it up like ten notches. <laughs> you know um yeah they really don't have much competition i think team speak is still viable for like ping issues and stuff like that they're yeah and also like people still use mumble here and there but after discord like skyrocketed there was just no chance there was no chance for there is no chance for a lot of these other uh voips that are being uh used you know like skype now is basically dead skype Skype is is dead as well right (laughs) skype gets used by business people and you know not even nowadays because now it's zoom and now it's you know other little meeting stuff you know and zoom is one software that that's there um i think uh mobile 
like the fact that Discord is so accessible for mobile. I know I remember when TeamSpeak had its mobile app, it costed like five dollars to purchase. So no one ever bought TeamSpeak on the mobile because you could yeah. just get it for free on computer and it also costed money to host a server on TeamSpeak. So that's another uh, drawback. You had to pay like a server hosting thing, like a certain amount a month to host a server. And Discord, it's all free. Uh, it's free app, all of that. This is not an ad. <laughs> One day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, like our, our show is basically going to be talking about different things in culture. Kind of, we, we just want to talk about whatever we want that's current and just whatever we feel like discussing i guess that day so yeah man we're just here to talk some talk some poopy you know (laughs) (laughs) i think it's going to be a once a week type thing and we also want to do interview hosting uh, interview shows format as well um in addition to just uh when it's just the co-hosts and stuff but we'll probably mix it up a little bit yeah Get some uh, webcam action going on here and there. <laughs> yeah, every once in a while for the video audience. And yeah. wow, I'm really plugging this, but it's Apollo Radio will be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and all those platforms. Anyways, excited. We're going to get into our first topics. And the first thing I want to talk about is Bitcoin. Boy, howdy. Uh, if I had a little whistle, I'd blow it, but I <laughs> like an air horn. Yeah, <laughs> just some kind of hyphy loud noise. I don't, I don't have that for you. Sorry, y'all. But Bitcoin, twenty thousand dollars. I cannot believe it. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm trying to find when when it hit like twenty. The official like news that everyone's hyped about this morning but it basically hit twenty thousand this morning and this was probably uh i want to say like five hours ago maybe maybe even sooner like three three hours ago or something like that um and i've seen a lot of hype around uh bitcoin and crypto in the past i want to say month or two months and obviously it's been um part of our culture for a while like since 2012 uh, i've known about it you know when no one really cared about it when that story about the when the guy spent like 20 dollars worth of bitcoin for a pizza or something like that and that bitcoin is and the guy's like now a millionaire or something from that amount i don't know the exact story but um yeah it's definitely um something that's here to stay i would say and um, people are m- making a lot of money from it. Early investors in Bitcoin, like the people that were mining uh, the software, and we're, we'll go in and kind of discuss like what it is too for people that might not know. Sure. But people that was an early investor in it, like 2010, because I, I had some friends that were um, investing in full-on like servers where they would buy like six computers have fans and then they would just be mining the Bitcoin all day and they would, they would make it. So, um, those people are now like billionaires, <laughs> millionaires and all that. So it's crazy. Um, yeah, we're, we're kind of evolving. So I guess that kind of brings up the question, like what is Bitcoin? What is cryptocurrency? And yeah, just, just generally that. And from, 
my knowledge like i'm not too like i'm not um someone who analyzes it or goes into depth of what it is like i'm not even an investor in bitcoin currently because um they just don't have funds to like start i wish i when when my friend said uh if you invested 500 dollars in this computer or whatever and in my business for mining the bitcoin in 2010 i wish i was like okay bet let's do it yeah Um, same (laughs) because yeah i would be one of those said millionaires same (laughs) um so i'm pretty salty about that but it's it's definitely not stopping like i think if you were to invest in bitcoin today and wait three years the price is um i want to predict that it's it's just going to go up and the reason go ahead i'm sorry yeah sorry uh the reason i say that is because i want to kind of get into what exactly it is because um some people are confused of what bitcoin really is and um from my words and like my loose definition of it it's basically like um a string of algorithms uh mined off of a computer and the currency is formed there's a finite amount there's only so much of it yeah and it gets harder to mine like extra coins when there's more of it created so like in 2010 people could mine with less cpu and it's created from the cpu power like of the computer and it's an actual like algorithm that's formed from the software and that that's really like butchering what it actually is probably but um and the reason that's important is because it creates this kind of value that's detached from actual like money and stuff like that it's it's a separate thing that's virtual and you can pass it through any country and all of that um but I think the big factor of its value is not only is the brand important for Bitcoin, but it's the fact that it's finite. There's like, I don't know how many strings or algorithms there are. I can probably do a quick Google, but it's finite. So once all of it has been mined, there's no longer going to be any more Bitcoin created. So it's like an exclusive currency. So whoever has like a percentage of it is going to own the entire like percentage of the bitcoin that exists so just the very concept of that entirely means the currency is like gold it's 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 an actual material even though it's virtual and formed from cpu the fact that it's finite and only a certain amount of it exists means that it's just going to increase in value over time in my opinion absolutely and the fact that these halvings is what they're called um happen um it limits how many bitcoins a specific computer can generate per um i don't remember how many years it is i think they do it every like three or five years or ten years or something like that i don't know it can't be ten years uh i don't have an exact date on the years when they do the halvings but when they do it has been proven that Bitcoin will drop a little bit and then just continuously rise in price, which is what happened in, um, well, since it's been happening since um, Bitcoin was created in 2009. So since 2009, that having has been happening. Right. Um, and it's just been giving Bitcoin more and more Power, credibility, basically. if you will. Yeah brand so 
with that credibility, it makes people want it. So they buy it. The price increases, etc. And now with how digital currency, just cryptocurrency, the craze about it, it just it makes people want to be invested in it way more. So now it's going to even increase the price even more. And literally, we just hit 20K. 20,000. So, That's insane. You know, with with that knowledge and with that with those graphs and with all that information available to us like of course the only thing that would make sense would be that it can go up the problem is all the other stuff going on that we can't see you know like anything in regards to like i don't know who like owns bitcoin or who can control that or what have you but whoever does have any control in that I'm pretty sure they're the ones that could probably just make or break that situation. Supposedly, the guy who created it, which was Satoshi uh, Nakamoto, he apparently like just disappeared after like finalizing the creation of Bitcoin. Nobody's ever heard from him again. Nobody knows. You know, people think that they know something that happened to him, but really, he just whew, like yeah, broke. he's <laughs> he's like an some secret world or something he's probably on mars <laughs> maybe maybe he was an alien that came formed an identity and then you know did what he did and said all right i'm out <laughs> you know what do we know you know we only yeah. know we only know what we're presented as a human species and you know yeah uh, some of us will go ahead and research that you know scientists and all that but yeah that normal... does... sorry uh no no you're fine I was just going to say that does raise kind of like a concern of who really owns Bitcoin or what could happen, like a more sinister thing. Exactly. Of uh, what would happen. It's kind of like those sci-fi movies where all of the people own like computers or robots and then all of a sudden it goes Terminator and all the robots are just like, ah, so they could do the same thing with the currency and just maybe delete all of it. Like, it just doesn't exist. <laughs> or they, they take all of it from everybody's accounts, and then it's just all theirs. I mean, Something like that. already hacked it. Yeah, and people are hacking that shit, too, and draining wallets and all of that. So, uh, there are criticisms to it. But yeah, I wonder if there's going to be more information from the organizers and people behind the software as well. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. I'm still waiting for Satoshi to rise up, <laughs> but we'll see what happens. Yeah, he'll he'll probably emerge like in the future to talk about stuff or maybe include more technology to it. And it's it's weird because we don't know a lot about. I I don't know if we do or not, but I I'm under the impression that we don't know a lot about the people that are administrating um, a lot of the crypto stuff and like all of that. So it's that that raises concern too, and then there's people that are against it that say like it doesn't have actual value or asset, and it's just kind of a made up thing, so it doesn't have value. But I think in society, it's like we give value to whatever has value. Exactly. And if something's finite, and it has a brand, and it has an actual utility and value, then that that's it then people will use it it's the same way like our our currency now is used like dollars that are printed from the u.s treasury 
I mean, how did they become a thing? IOUs. That's literally what a dollar was back in the day. It was an IOU. And then I don't know exactly who created the dollar, but it it was just a made-up form of saying, I owe you. Here's cash. So if cash was created like that, why the hell can't a digital currency be created as such? We see digital currencies all the time whenever we play free-to-play games and, you know, like League, you know, we have to buy RP. That's that's a digital currency right there. You know, it's it's not one that's being invested in per se like a stock, but it's it's still a digital currency. I agree. And so I think it's, it's more like, finite considering you have to mine it or un- you have to... And it's finite and all of that, so... Right, you know, but, but, but my whole point is, like, what what makes it so fake? You know, if cash was never invented before it was invented, you know, were people calling cash fake back then as well? I bet they were. Oh, this isn't an IOU. This is this is weird. I don't know. This is fake. And now our entire civilization runs on money. So it's just like, what makes you think that Bitcoin can't be the next cash? You get me? Yes. Oh, so. <laughs> like completely. And I actually pulled up an article on... Um, the finite amount of bitcoin and like the actual numbers and statistics on it like right away because and it says what happens to bitcoin after all 21 million are mined so basically there is only 21 million bitcoin there's no more than that there's there's never going to be any more and it's because of the way the algorithm is or something like that to where it gets harder to mine and then there's only so many different formula that can create the coin so that's why it's finite i'm pretty sure like yep and 18.5 million it yeah it's mapped basically like that's why and 18.5 math sorry 18.5 million bitcoin have already been mined and that means there's only 3 million that are going to be mined from there that's why and (laughs) Yeah, that's that's something I just found out about. So most of it already has been created. Um, the planet's supply will essentially be tapped out. It's possible that Bitcoin's protocol will be changed to allow for a larger supply. Well, that would be interesting. That the would fact, be interesting. Yeah, so they could they could increase it, but at that point it's really in, increased this because it's the scarcity effect. Like if there's right. a finite amount of it, everybody's using it to purchase. And that's my other main point that I want to touch on is the fact that it's so easily accessible as like real money is today where I have probably like four four or five apps on my phone where I can purchase Bitcoin, I can trade it, uh, PayPal, Cash App, yep. uh, Coin, Coin Wallet, Coinbase, all of those things. And you could start purchasing Bitcoin. There's ATMs for Bitcoin. You can uh, so check out groceries with, with Bitcoin. It, it's like a currency and it's, it's a world currency so yeah right so, so yeah which that's why like any like any debate that goes against bitcoin you know you're free to have your opinion we all are we're all human and we all think differently however statistically though like the facts are there g the facts are there <laughs> you know this is this is a currency it can be used to trade because Technically, you can use anything to trade as long as I, person A, say, yes, this is a good trade. And person B says, yes, this is worth the trade. Boom. 
you know, that's just how it's worked ever since back then when we actually had to trade things, you know, oh, I trade you. It's, it's the same concept. It's just attaching a specific thing that you're trading, which is currency. So, I don't know. I'm I'm not opposed to having that kind of debate where someone doesn't agree with Bitcoin and thinks that it's a sham, but I I can sit here and be like, listen, man, Bitcoin is a new currency and it's gonna take over. If not, I mean, I know it's not gonna take over like right away. It's honestly, it's already like on a on a pretty like fast path into getting out there into the world. So. I wouldn't, it really wouldn't surprise me if Bitcoin was not the main currency, but a main currency, probably by like maybe 2035, maybe, if we even get there. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You know, hey man, I didn't even think we were going to get to 2020 and we're here. Uh, yeah, so, everyone thought the world was going to end. I'm you just never upset. know, I could. <laughs> Yeah, no, absolutely. The world could end right now, today, <laughs> as we're recording this podcast. You know, you never know. But, um, so yeah, it just it's it's just really eye opening to see this. You know, like be in the be in the moment of a currency being born. You know, like I kind of understand how it feel, how it felt, or how it would have felt if I was living throughout the time that uh, cash was invented. You know, it's, it's, it's revolutionary. And a lot of people don't like revolutionary because they get scared. You know, with revolutionary comes big positives, but also big negatives. I.e. the fact that money is damn, like literally damaging people, you know, mentally, because all people care about now is just being rich, having money, you know. But that's a different topic, you know. I'm just trying to get to like the currency aspect of it. So I don't know. No, I think that's a good segue because um, as far as revolutionary things go, like we are seeing like a new age of currency and just the digitalization of everything um, as far as culture goes. And that's currency exchanges, and what I want to segue into is blockchain specifically. Um, but yeah, we, we're seeing digitalization of everything. Like everything is instant. It's um, content, visual. It's audio. There's transactions that happen um, just instantaneously with like I don't know how to explain it, but um, I think. <laughs> I, I really want to talk about blockchain because I think that's where the uh, future of contracts and just um, exchanges go. And I also think like things, old platforms basically, whether it's currency or social media sites, just the way we do things, um, how television is not as popular as it was, just how radio wasn't and all of that stuff. Like, eSports has more viewership than traditional sports currently. That's um, so crazy. I love it. I'm so happy. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, like all, all you sports of, lovers. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, sports will always have a place. I think there's there's certain physical sports that are always going to be timeless. And there's certain ones that the brand has killed off. Like, 
um, the decline of viewership in baseball as well as hockey, like those sports aren't even um, talked about as much in the culture and their viewership is, is declining and it's going to continue because of the um, executives that run the leagues and the brands. They don't kind they don't um, innovate on their media presence. I would like so yeah, platforms are born all the time and um, we're, sh- we're shifting into kind of a new age of things and it's definitely really exciting to see that happen. Um, so that's why I want to touch on blockchain. I think that's going to be our future as far as contracts. Um, would you like to kind of explain what blockchain is for maybe people who don't understand it? Because I don't even understand it fully. But I do know one aspect of it is that it creates smart contracts with other people. It's decentralized and it's kind of like a, a way to um, initiate some like a. It's it's a, on a secure server, so I think it allows people to um, make decisions as well as trades or currency exchanges on a secure platform where it's not controlled there doesn't have to be a middleman because it's like all automatic um i'm actually going to have to look into blockchain while we're in this podcast but if you would like to explain what you know about it well okay um blockchain can be a little bit difficult to understand but really all it is is basically just a record of your transactions so for example um I am converting my Bitcoin to a different coin, um, for example, Litecoin. You know, it doesn't matter. Any coin, I'm just giving any. Um, so that transaction of me converting said coin to a different coin is basically what blockchains are. It's the recording. Okay, it's viewable of by anyone and permanently recorded. Right. Right, it's viewable by anyone, but it's secure because there's no name. You know, there's nothing to tie it to you, really. You know, it's just this transaction was made, boom. You know, you don't know who did it. It doesn't matter. I sold this much. I got this much. You know, I bought this much. I sold that much. That's all it is. So when you look at... Transparency. Right. So when you look at Binance, for example, you'll see... um, I don't know if you have a Binance account, but when you go, when you actually have an account in there, you will be able to see all the sellers and all the buyers of people that are looking for transactions or, or, or what have you. You know, I'm selling 25 Bitcoin, you know, and if you're buying 25 Bitcoin, you will buy 25 Bitcoin from anybody that's posting that amount of money. And once it gets bought, it'll be added to that digital record which is the blockchain which is the chain i'm sorry um it is the chain part of the blockchain so it it gets a little bit tricky to like really understand it because they're the the terms that are used to explain blockchain are a little bit uh vague so um you know if you really want more information on blockchain please go ahead and do more research on your own i'm no way know how uh advanced in bitcoin i'm just you know interested in it so i do i do a little i do you know over the top 
research. I don't really dig too deep in it. Um, and that's mostly because a lot of the terms have to do with like coding and stuff. So I, I'll be real. I don't really understand half the time what's happening. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I will watch stuff here and there, you know, that my, uh, my significant other will show me, um, you know, cause he, he's more invested in it than I am. So that, that's why I, I know some of the information I know by proxy. Um, yeah. And he'll he'll show me like you know articles and stuff, so I'll I'll be somewhat educated, right? But as far as deeper down the rabbit hole goes, I you you know to each their own would have to do that kind of research. But um, I don't know if blockchain also is uh, like if it has to do with like the security aspect of it. I don't like the I'm sorry, not the security. Uh, the encryption part of the cryptocurrency. I don't know if that has to do with the blockchain technology or if that's something else, <coughs> but I do know that the transactions are encrypted as well. So that's another reason why um, I wouldn't I wouldn't say this generation, but that's another reason why uh, cryptocurrency is getting bigger. It's the the encryption behind it, the fact that it's harder yeah. to get to, even though people have hacked it already but i think that's just humans being too damn smart for our own good right but you know i digress yeah but yeah i, I kind of understand um like what bitcoin i just had or blockchain i just had a really hard time like explaining it so thank you for like kind of putting it into uh words that are understandable <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome even though i, I kind of lost myself there because like I, I don't really know too much about it and even i get very like not flustered but like kind of like stuck when it comes to explaining it because it's it's really it's it's not that easy to understand even though it's easy to explain yeah but since i have trouble understanding it i kind of have trouble explaining it <laughs> for me it's actually backwards <laughs> it's hard to <laughs> okay. it, it's like kind of easy to understand like a little bit because i've actually read like full magazines and articles on blockchain it's just really hard for me to put into words sometimes I gotcha. Um, so the decentralization thing, which is like the That's encryption, it, it basically means like all of the logs, they're on multiple servers. So it, I guess it means it's like, it, it's more legitimate and there's also more regulation in the actual um, technology. So that means like, yeah, see here it is with like me trying to explain it. But um, when, when you have all this like cryptocurrency and stuff like that is susceptible for hackers as well as um, just people using the money for um, illegal things like on the Silk, Silk Road black market type things. Yes, so, sir. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> like you could just buy like $10,000 worth of drugs with Bitcoin and no one would yeah. be able to track it. But nope. with technology like blockchain it lets you view every single transaction that ever exists and i think it's public right or maybe not i i i think some of them can choose to be public but i'm not too sure if the whole point is for it to be public i think that's the whole point but i'm not too exact right. on that and it's it more or less like creates an infrastructure for future platforms and that's why i say it's like the future and it's um kind of like 
very innovative because it creates like the transparency it makes more um every single interaction or like transaction that you make with someone is is public in a way to where it's recorded it's secure and if you decide to pay someone ten thousand, and there is a there's a contract, there's a node created on the on the software, and it's like okay, well I pay them ten thousand, and they're giving me this amount or whatever, and then mm-hmm. it's secure, it's done deal, and you don't have to like do anything. So there's different platforms and technology that can emerge from that technology. So that's where i see see things like kind of going into like i could see entire plot like social media platforms built around blockchain and just maybe even like in-game microtransactions could be like based on that stuff so i don't know that's just we could probably move on from this but (laughs) (laughs) um yeah man it's 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 honestly it is the future and I just can't wait to see what decides to use blockchain because I'm just interested in blockchain as a whole. It's just, it's always, you know, taken me very like for, a, for like a very confused ride. I'm just along for the ride, but I'm in a fog and I don't know what's really happening, but I'm just kind of going with the, going with the motions, you know? So I kind of just want like a clear view of what blockchain is. And, you know, as time goes on, I feel like, uh, certain companies will see an advantage in it and get an idea and maybe create something. Who knows? Yeah, and you explained it like it's really spot on. I, that's what it is, pretty much, I, in my opinion. So I think um, you understand it. Like the main issue is that people don't understand it, I guess, or it's not adopted on at all. So it's just kind of. Uh, there there's not all of the new advances made around the platform and the network so i mean that's going to change you're going to see more people taking bitcoin seriously as well the price will increase and uh it's just going to be more widely accepted and traded so yep i think i think the macro point though here that i guess i made by bringing up blockchain is that our society is changing it's becoming more digital and there is a lot um, new stuff happening. It's very exciting to be here. For that I stuff. think so. I th- I think it's an inci- I think it's a very exciting time to be alive right now. I think it's also a very scary time. But you know that's that's what living in a revolution is like. You know, it's very scary to be alive right now, but it's so damn exciting because there's so many new things, so many new opportunities, so many new, you know, like crazy things happening. You know. I don't want to say anything, but honestly, COVID changed the game on a lot in the whole entire planet. <laughs> and, you know, that's revolutionary. And it's it's frightening, but it's also exciting because it has also done a lot of advancements in in our world, I think. I agree. So It's forced uh, companies to change overnight. Like Yep. And they have to release a new way of thinking. They have to adapt, or just, um, or or just get shut down. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I was looking for. They they have to know how to um, connect with their whole company and focus online. If physical, they, 
and that's why you see death of industries where it's like blockbuster sweet everybody (laughs) right i cannot believe i'm still upset about that one yeah like when netflix came out all that stuff every everybody would always go to the store to buy like six dollar movies but when netflix came out and released all the movies for seven dollars a month then it's like well blockbuster had an opportunity to maybe adapt they they could have easily created a subscription service where they would have all of their titles that they had access to online and they could have done something similar to amazon where they pushed more virtual stuff but they didn't so they went out of business correct and i agree they could have done the same thing they they literally just they could have just tried and they didn't you know they didn't seize the opportunity or maybe they did and it was too late i mean i who knows you know the introduction of the internet really messed up a lot of things for the entertainment business because i i remember even before um before netflix was a thing i you know people would just download things on torrents still you know torrents were way big back then pirating was way big back then you know not to say that i am like for it or anything i'm just that's what it that's that's what it is yeah i mean that brings up the music industry too because that's another thing that's been shooken up um everyone all the record executives and like people i mean even dr dre or just just executives at like these companies where in bands and all of these where they want to charge for their music and charge for every single stream where i mean now in 2020 and even so far like i i had this view in 2010 where i think like music should be free and it's a listening experience and even if it shouldn't be free, like you can charge for your music. You put time and effort. That's your prerogative to either charge for music or not. But the, but the fact of the matter is like, okay, so what happens when everyone puts their music out for free and then you're the only person that doesn't? And then it just becomes part of like, they're going to get less streams than the people that do. And I... I really see in the future where events too, like actual full-on concerts are going to be free. They're not not even free. They're going to have to start paying people to go see these musicians. It's going to be reverse and people are still paying like $700 to support DJs and all of this. Like sponsors get paid from it and the production is all in, like it's like $700 to go to EDC for two days. I don't think that's going to be the case in 20 years. I think it's it's going to look different. Well, that's interesting. Matter... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you go. That's fine. I, I was just going to say, that's interesting that you bring that up because, again, back to COVID, because of how fast COVID came and how fast COVID fucked everything up, um, I feel like it's going to change even faster because now they do have little free concerts and stuff online. Sure, it's not the same as going to an actual event for free, but you're still attending an event, you know, for lower pricing or for free or what have you. Now, something I've learned in this society is people will pay whatever if they really love something. They will pay whatever. It doesn't even matter what it is. It could be a lighter that was made by someone famous. Let's say, I don't know, let's say Dr. Dre made the lighter and he sells it for 70000 You bet your butt there will be someone 
there to buy that lighter for 70000 Now, as long as that mentality continues to circulate, we're never going to reach that kind of... Uh, that kind of level where we can attend concerts for free and you know just being there that exclusivity of just being at that venue or being at that concert or watching that dj will suffice in their pocket you know um i i think that i think that that kind of mentality where you know if if you have enough money to buy it you know spend it i think that kind of will put a halt to that to that free community type of building that we're that you know you're trying to go for we're trying to go for you know because i don't want to pay money to go to concerts i would i would love to get paid to go to concerts and just you know critique or something but that's not in the world we live in you know we live in where oh i make this music and you want to see me and i'm the hottest shit so you're going to pay 300 dollars to sit all the way in the nosebleeds and then you yeah. at the consumer are like, yeah, absolutely. I am going to pay $300 to go see you nosebleeds. <laughs> yeah, know? I mean, and that's the supply and demand thing, too. Right. Like, that's you the know. whole thing, yeah. Right. That's the word. Sorry. I could have just said supply and demand, but. No, I mean, you have it spot on. <laughs> like, people will pay literally anything for whatever they whatever it is. Like, I mean, if it's, uh, if it's a new song and people... It, and it's only paid and it's my favorite artist like say it's like alice in wonderland and her new song is only paid and it's nowhere else i mean it might be free some places and you can rip it and stuff like that the fact of the matter is like people are going to buy that because they support the artist they like the artist and they want it they want the content right and that's totally fair however that kind of low-key entices there's a supply for it you know, and it, it entices the creator to or be demand, like, oh, uh, oh, I'm just going to make more music and make it only payable because people are willing to pay for it. So why would I give it for free if people are willing to pay for it? You, you get me? And it builds that kind of mentality in you as a creator. I'm not saying it happens to everybody, but the yeah. majority, you know that's that's how it is you know so it's going to be really difficult to get to that point where we can just by attending a concert we're giving these artists the money that they can use to you know do their thing survive and create more music and what have you live their life yeah and i'm not trying to like downplay on people like no no no. actually need to get paid because if you're a musician you should be and i when i say concerts are going to be free i also think that there's going to be a lot of new monetization opportunity in the future created for creators as well. Ads. That's funny. Yeah, ads or sponsorship placements, um, influencer marketing. And that's why, where when I want to talk about our culture, like not being there um, as far as going to a concert and getting paid for it, uh, we kind of are at that point to some extent to where like you, like a company will pay an Instagram influencer, $200,000, just, uh, I, I got those numbers wrong, but they, that math it's, is it's real. A, like it's an example. It's an example. Yeah. Well, they'll, I'll, I'll use a, a more real one. Some people will pay, like if you have a million followers on Instagram, yeah. this is like standard math for influencer marketing. So this is real. This happens. Um, 
you get paid five thousand dollars a post. Like if Coca Cola wanted me to be in a commercial for them on my Instagram, they I would say, okay, well pay me uh, five grand, and then I will drink the Coke can in my my latest post and say buy this drink or something like that. Yeah, and that's kind of the we're shifting into that society. So you'll see that also happen in concerts where. It's not just celebrities being paid to go there, but it's like everybody. So everybody's going to get paid to go to a concert and enjoy um, the music there and then post about the music and share their that they're there. Because there's value for that. There's value for someone's right. time and interest and consumption. So if, I, if I'm getting someone to go there, whether or not they're paying for it or I'm paying for it, there's a value and there's a they're basically a media company and word of mouth of them being there. It's paid. Um, so I think, I think we're closer to that than anything. And to the other conversation that we were having with this was, um, the people that are stuck in the mindset of needing to charge for this thing and it prevents them from seeing kind of, I mean, it's, it's all about adapting to what supply and demand is. If people, cause there's people still in 2020 that think that, music is only accessible as paid content and that's how it should be and there might be ways to make it to where but things are always going to get pirated the fact of the matter is i think people get really romantic and emotional like attached to something that works for them for so long and then when the whole culture of the world shifts to the new idea some people are a little too slow and those people will definitely lose or they'll have to be forced to adapt. And when we talk about COVID um, forcing all of these businesses to adapt, like that's the whole thing. Like if they're not able to do that, then they lose business. Yep. Unfortunately, but true. And, you know, sometimes it sucks to get left in the back burner like that. But if you're not willing to make certain changes, you will get left in the back burner. You know, that's just how it is. Um, but <clears throat> I digress. <laughs> um, we did touch on music. So I guess we could talk about music. <laughs> and then I I'm guess the other... We, we could save some topics too. Like we don't have to make the podcast longer. But I know um, I did want to go into um, kind of what's happening in the music industry. I don't really have like a specific topic to talk about. I mean, I guess we would jump off of what we're talking about right now, which is paid streams and then just so I have a good one. And it's basically how COVID has affected the music event scene and what artists are doing to innovate from it and what they have to do, basically. I'd like to and touch it, back on that, actually, and say I think you are right with the um, with like paying like the streamers and the influencers to do things just to get people to do things. And touching back on that, I really feel like that that really will be the gateway into doing those kinds of events where people will basically get paid to go there because, you know, 
I feel like it'll get there, but I feel like it's going to be guided by the influencers and the social media people and all that stuff because, you know, uh, uh, let's say, for example... Yeah, it's like if they're ready for those types right. of events. Right, like if they're preparing, you know. Yeah, just imagine if someone made a social media site for influencers That's crazy. that paid them to do things. Honestly, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Honestly, that's Facebook. At this point, uh, to, yeah. To be fair, nah, nah. Um, I'm, I, they like, they more I'm tax influencers to get to market though, and I'm I'm talking about the opposite where people are getting paid to make the content. Like, I mean, YouTube does that to an extent, but everything is so uh, gatekept by the big advertisement companies. And if you aren't creative, it, it's gatekept and it's also not gatekept because you could post things all day, and if they're, um. You can get organic reach. You can be vi- you can become viral and hard work and stuff. You build a fan base, build a brand. But the people aren't actually like. They're getting taxed for things. They're, I mean, if you're on Facebook or on Twitter, you see an ad every single three posts or every four posts. You have ads That's in the right. top right. You have ads in the bottom left. Um, you're not getting paid to to see that shit on your screen. It's the, just there. Because you're using their site, uh, correct, and, it's and they're free, getting paid. Quote so the companies that pay for that space, they pay Facebook probably um, like ten dollars every time you see it. So, and for everybody that sees it, so they they pay thousands of dollars, like six figures a month, uh, to have their companies be seen on your screen, and they can reach out, all of that. But you're not getting paid for it. You're you're getting taxed. You you are being for you're being advertised to and marketed to daily and you have to see all of these ads unless you have ad blocker like i do but that doesn't even block all the ads not Um, anymore so yeah i I see uh like potential for some of those things to change and instead of the influencers being the ones that have to pay for their companies and their services to be seen or just their content well shouldn't the platforms that have those influencers there be paying them kind of like how youtube started their monetization prog- uh, program with google adwords and stuff like that and i think uh there's room for a platform like that absolutely i mean there's room there's always room for new if you will you know any there like we were talking about the other day like new is something that is always welcomed even if it's a new remix perhaps you know same song just different editing to it you know so same application different editing to the coding you know people like that people like new stuff but similar to what they're already used to because they don't have to change too much you yeah know, when, they, when, they have to change things it's friction and it's well, uh exactly very exactly. hard to adapt exactly because i mean to be honest i feel like we're coddled nowadays you know so it's adapting and and changing isn't something that people like teach anymore you know everything is just instant gratification you know now hip happening you know 0.5 attention span you know if it's not fast it's slow if you're not first you're last you know and I mean, it reminds that me of, of that Wally movie when everyone's just fucking floating on the the things with everything like given to them. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and 
I mean, I know, I know, like it's been joked about in movies, like in sci-fi movies about the future. You know, uh, the world's just gonna be lazy and fat, and on and on, you know, little hover chairs and stuff. And honestly, <laughs> the, way, the way it's going, I mean, it's it, it just, check fact 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 check mark fact everything is just happening and everybody's like haha oh my god how funny and everything is just happening behind them and i don't know like yeah it's kind of worrisome when people just laugh it up and don't really think about the shit that can happen when things like this take over you know but when it comes to innovation though uh real quick um innovating on something the only thing like when it comes to some new things that that are released the reason those things get traction is because they provide more value than the thing that was there before and that's why things shift into something new whether it's they don't have to pay for this anymore it's free or if it's faster if it does an extra feature that the other previous version didn't like if it's a new game uh that you know, you have zombies in this game and the other game didn't have zombies. It's simple stuff like that. Um, or there's a new gun. You know, there's two new maps to it. it. It's like new value that wasn't previously created. And that's kind of just what you need to look for is, is the new thing going to actually upset the whole industry or is it just something that's already happened and that's the things that you want to follow in culture is the things that are upsetting the industry and also changing it one major example of this is like uber to the taxi industry oh my yeah that's an interesting topic right there (laughs) yeah it really is and when uber was created it was based around the concept of saving people time and then creating a way for them to get somewhere faster like when the idea originally hit the uber founder he he basically was in this room and was like well why can't i just like you know open up my phone and then ping and get to get a free like a car without having to go find a taxi or make arrangements like and they just simplified it and that's Mm -hmm. about that that's it that's the word it's simplifying things making them easier saving time providing more value and yeah so that's what we want to look for and new technology which is also the problem though because with simplified right. technology you get simplified minds and oh that, that is a quote <laughs> that's a, that's a truth. wall quote <laughs> it's the truth dude like oh my god like i i don't even honestly even with my own damn self like i've seen myself like when i when i'm too much on my phone you know, like, let's say I have a bad week. And we don't even I read books myself... anymore. Huh? We don't even read books anymore. We just uh, look at Facebook. Exactly. That's the only book we read is the Facebook. The book with the face, you know? Uh, we don't really read articles anymore, which I you would think, oh, it's online. People would read it. No, we read the... We read the headline and we make our assumptions based on that. That's why Twitter now has a feature that doesn't let you retweet things unless you actually click on the article and read it, you know, because people have been so simplified to the point that they don't even think for themselves. They don't even think, period. They're just... It's it's actually really dangerous to yeah. to everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and, and I, and I don't want to sit here and, and claim that people are being dumb or, or, you know, some other 
bad word like that but really that's that's what it is it it this simplified technology has dumbed us down to a certain degree and i'm not saying that the simplification of something like uber or like a taxi service like that is the cause of it but other companies get those ideas from these companies and are like oh well if, if uber can simplify something like a taxi service why can't i simplify xyz you know and you know, other companies start thinking the same things and they start inventing their own ways to simplify whatever they got going on. You know, yeah. Vine got fucked over and now TikTok has simplified what Vine was. And now TikTok has skyrocketed past anything that Vine could have been. You know, and it's it's crazy, really, when you think about it. It really and, is. Uh, I think to their benefit, too, like when you simplify when when things are more simple for people that doesn't automatically mean they'll be stupider <laughs> no 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 if, if that's how it came off i'm sorry i'm just no saying. i mean i i think that people are stupider in a sense because they don't look at a lot of sources to things and they will go off of the first thing they see because they are scrolling through everything so if they see something that someone credible says or anything, or if just someone they follow, it doesn't matter if it's true or not. They will yep. go with that um, consumption and or like that uh, that idea, and they won't they won't even look into it. They won't they'll just go with it, and yep. um, that's that's a, like a major thing. But what I was saying when like it doesn't mean they're stupider. Like to some extent it does, but it also means like our culture works differently and our minds work differently to what they and it's like the way we kind of um perceive things changes right so if everything is like short-formed media i almost think it's like our species is like evolving in a way um our language is devolving to emojis (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah honestly (laughs) we're back to hieroglyphics guys we're back to hieroglyphics (laughs) but also like everything is short short consumption video it's speed uh scrolling you consume probably like a hundred tiktoks within 10 minutes and that's just like a hundred different creators a hundred different products you don't even think twice about it you look through videos two seconds you're scrolling through videos you're getting your books in audio form um everything is just different and that means the perception is different and the way we go about thinking is different too and that doesn't always mean it's um necessarily dumbed down but it it can mean that and it does mean that in some situations but it can also mean the opposite so i think that that creates a lot of like opportunity to create educational uh things to help people um kind of consume these things as well as form their own um i don't know just help them not be as stupid you can education okay so 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 this is why i appreciate when twitter did what they did because you know and honestly i don't know when they did it but um i'm just glad that they did you know because i i tried to do that one day i was like you know what let me let me try to retweet just an article without reading it i just want to see and when i did it told me straight up it told me oh uh it looks like you're retweeting something without having read it do you want to maybe click on it read it and then if you agree with it retweet it i was like wow wow Wow. yeah that's a cool feature 
Um, I also saw something similar, I think, on Facebook starts doing this, where they fact-check the article for you. Like, it's like, okay, this article is confirmed fake by 10 different sources, or it's confirmed a real article by these different um, platforms. So then you can kind of, like, look at references. And it does that automatically for you. Every time you try to share an article, it'll, like, say it's real. Or even if you see an article, it'll say like the percentage so different technology will make it easier like features that twitter might release or instagram you know all these things will make it easier for people to um get the real information and also get what they want to see what they like if they want to open their phone they should be able to see and find and filter out whatever they want to um consume i guess it's right there right and um I totally, totally agree to the simplification of that, you know, that social media is doing, you know, they're simplifying the fact that, you know, well, I wouldn't call it a simplification, really, I just call it, you know, like a fact checker. And that makes me happy to see because I mean, honestly, it's kind of a double edged sword because it makes me happy to see that they're posting that it makes me sad to see that they have to do that to get people to understand that, you know, not everything that you see on the internet is the truth. Just fact check your stuff, man. It's, it's it really, all it's going to take is an extra 15 minutes of your time to just fact check and make sure that what you're looking at is somewhat credible or if it's just, you know, a blatant lie. And I don't know, that part of the feature kind of upsets me that we let it get this bad as a society but what can you do <laughs> it is what it is now yeah and we'll only see uh i'm interested to see how like the overall um matt consciousness just changes based on like the technology that's there or what we're doing with our time oh i'm excited because right now we see it shifting from like Facebook and YouTube to TikTok. It's all TikTok or just that oh, type yeah. of uh, content. And then some like video games are more popular than they ever were. Um, music as well. And you just see music genres evolving. Ah, uh, so... music genres. Music genres nowadays. Boy, howdy. It's just music in general nowadays is so not what it used to be. And I'm not even talking about, like, the music itself. I'm talking about just the fact that you can't even play it on anything. Because, hey. Oh, no. Yeah, that's a huge topic. DMCA. No, that's a topic that we're going to have to have another, like, two-hour podcast on. Right. We really will. But but the censorship of music, I mean, you you had uh, the Dragon Force member of their band banned get banned off of twitch for playing his own song in his video i cannot believe that i didn't know that are you serious yeah that's an actual thing that happened like he was playing guitar hero or something on his own song and he got banned from from twitch for dmca like he got copyright struck and it's his own fucking music it's his song like fire through the flames and he got banned for it so i don't even know Um, what to say anymore that's kind of crazy. I mean, that that's the top story, like, you hear on how horrible uh, the, the censorship is. Because even if they pay for the rights and all of that, um, it's 
it's still like automated and a lot of stuff you can't even play music on the internet anymore yeah man uh, it's just it's just wild you know and then what you can play is you know basic garbage EDM, just garbage basic stuff that doesn't even have like a artist that does it it's just synthesized but yeah, I, yeah. I mean not all music is like that and i i do think um some of the music companies like maybe monster cat or there's some other record labels too that are doing this it's their responsibility to work with these bigger platforms to create kind of a more human experience when it comes to playing music and filtering out what should be allowed to be played and what shouldn't because yeah. right now it's like all automated if you play something in a video game that's a music you might even get copyrighted or take your whole youtube channel with 10 million subscribers could be shut down and there goes your whole entire career based off of just some filter i've seen i've seen it happen to a few creators already to where they make these um posts that are them complaining that their whole youtube channel just got shut down because of a copyright struck so i don't know um Crazy. yeah that's a topic for another day uh, yeah it's definitely an issue though yeah and uh i, f I feel bad honestly because at coming as like not a you know official musician but a musician at heart a musician in soul it really sucks because like i feel like there's just no creativity anymore in regards to music because people are getting you know people are having these issues with you know dmca and just you know I, I i can't even use samples on my songs because lo and behold the sample comes from a different song and oh dmca and you know it's just it makes it really rough for everybody involved it really does but i digress so we are going on over an hour. <laughs> That's fine. It doesn't even feel like it, to be honest. I know it doesn't, like especially <laughs> when we're talking about cool things. Yeah. Uh, but I do think we will end today's episode here uh, very shortly, but we will go into some the plug section of our show where uh, our co-hosts and people that are on the show can tell uh, where you can find them on social media or anything like that. So, uh, Ekans, where can we find you, if anywhere? Um, whether it's, like, uh, Discord or Twitch, um, Twitter. I know I know some of those platforms you don't really care about too much, but if there's anywhere um, that you would like to advertise, just let, let the audience know. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can catch me on Twitch. You can catch me on Discord. Uh, Ekans on both. If you want to catch my Twitter, I do not associate it with Ekans. I... Um, Twitter personality is a different personality, if you will. Um, so there is the big poopy. That's right, you heard me, the big poopy. Um, and uh, you can check me out on YouTube. I don't really post too much yet. I'm still working on getting my stuff going, but you'll see some content soon enough, soon enough. I'm getting back on Twitch soon, though. So right now it's a little bit of a dead area. You're not going to see much, mostly hosts, but yeah. I'm mostly on Discord, actually, if anybody does want to get in contact and at me and have conversations of such or just tell me that I smell bad or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
So um, that is a perfect plug for Apollo Agency Discord server. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, um, <laughs> well, not entirely. Ekans is a mod and uh, one of the co-owners of Apollo. And yeah, so our server is going to be linked in the YouTube description. You can find... Um, I need to do a better job of like establishing our social media presence because uh, I don't really have a lot of official pages for it right now. Like where you can even find the Discord link. I see. Um. Maybe a Twitter. Yeah. So my Twitter with the uh, Apollo Agency Discord that is linked in my bio is just X R Y Z nine nine nine, and that's my Twitter. If you go there, the the link for the Apollo Agency Discord is right there. Uh, it's very simple. And yeah, Ekans is on the server there, as well as a lot of other people that play um, a lot of the top esports games and just gaming in general. There's musicians in here, uh, gamers. We're trying to build up a community. Uh, starting out, we just started the Discord probably like I want to say two or three weeks ago, and we are at around 200 members. So we're doing pretty good. Putting in that work. Putting in that work. <laughs> You know it. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that concludes our show for today. Um, next week's topic is probably going to be DMCA. <laughs> Honestly, we... I'm, I'm so about it. <laughs> <laughs> we might talk about some uh, marijuana as well. <laughs> we didn't really get to touch on anything about that today. Well, we did uh, kind yeah. of, I think, right? Did we, did we talk about the... Uh, no, maybe that was off air. But yeah. yeah we'll, we'll talk more about that um, in the future. Yeah. This is a show where we talk about everything, like, in culture that is relevant, I guess, or worth talking about, so. Consider it keeping up with the Joneses. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. And I think we're trying to do a weekly format, like every single week. Uh, trying to make it Tuesday. I know it's Wednesday, so there's no real set schedule on that. But uh, yeah, we're on SoundCloud, um, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and YouTube. If you look up on Spotify specifically, as well as iTunes, if you just type in Apollo Radio, Apollo Space Radio, it'll come up first result. So, yeah, that's where you can find it. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. Have a good one, y'all. <laughs>